0: We have met with Sawan's son, Kripalji. O oh, brothers, our fate is awakened. This is the Milia Milya Dabeta on page 206. We have received the precious human birth. Fortunately, we have received the Darshan of the Master. After becoming a beautiful example, he has come. By doing the satsang, he removed the illusions. He put those who had gone astray on the path. The beautiful one has become gracious on the jivas. In the foreign countries, he made people meditate on Nam, call out the slogan of Sawancha. He softened the hearts of stone, converting them into wax. Your glory is unique. You have come becoming a benefactor. You are the adorable son of beautiful Sawan. One who comes to your door gets what he asks for. Kripal, Kripal has become pleased with Ajayb. We have met with Sawan's son, Kripalji. Oh, brothers, our fate is awakened. Bhajan of Sanchi on page 206.
1: Milia Sawanada Beta Kir Pala Ji Bhagaja Gesade Virano Milia Sawanada Beta BHAG JAGESA DE milia MILIYA SAWANDA BETA KIRPAL JI BHAG JAGESA DE VIRNAM DUR LAMBATIYA BHAG JAGESA DE Darshan Paya, Manas Janama Durlambati Aya, Vada Bagi Guru, Darshan Paya, Aya Banke Sonami Salji, Bhagajage Sade de ver nom milia. Sawanada beta kirpa le ji. Bhagajage sa de ver nom Bhaag jage saade karke O Marga बाराम हटाये ओ मार्ग सोना Sawan da beta kir pa al ji. Bhagajage sa de ver milia. Sawan da beta kir pa al Vich par de sade namajapaya. Sawan shada naralaya. Vich par de sade namajapaya. Sawan shada naralaiya hede Mumakite ke pata dal ji bagicha ge sade bhi dnom sawan da ji Bhagjage Sade Virna Miliyah Sawan Dhabhetakir Palji Bhagjage Sade Virna Mehima Ayyaban ke para upakari Mehima teri ajaban niyari ke para upakari Sona sawanada chan lal ji Bhag jagge saade virna meliyah Sawanada beta kirpal ji Bhag jagge saade virna Sawanadaveta wana da betakir pal ji bagcha ge sade veer tere jo ave, muho mangiya murad Dar te jo chal Bhag-jage-sa-de-vir-nom-mil-ya, ya samanda bhe kir bhag sade
0: We have met with and son, Kripalji. O oh, brothers, our fate is awakened. Our next bhajan is on page 203. Kripal Yahi sandeshadeta. Kripal gave only this message, and even the wind also teaches us this. If you keep walking while doing the Simran, the destination comes to you by itself. The fort of deceit will be destroyed in this world because walls of sand do not last. There are so many sins with you. You are a great sinner. Hail the power of almighty Kripal who carries all the burden. No one is an enemy. No one belongs to anyone else. Everyone is your very own. For as the Gurbani teaches, all this world was created from one light. O oh Guru Kripal, the negative power trembles and death also is nervous in front of whoever has caught hold of your finger. The Jabe says, Apologize to Kripal if your soul wants happiness. Kripal gave only this message, and even the wind also teaches us this. If you keep walking while doing the Simran, the destination comes to you by itself. Bhajan of Sanchi on page 203.
2: kirpa riya hisan desh deta hawa yahisi khlati hai simran karte hi chale chalo to man jil deta Havaya hi sikalati hai Simran karate hi chale hi chalo to Manjila kuda mila jati hai Chalpare bake kile ek dina Dunia mein dei hai Kekile ekadina duniya mein hai Reto ki diware derataka kabhi hai Reto ki diware derataka Kabinahi hi tikpati hai simran karete chale chale to simaran kare te chale chalo manji la kudamill itne sare pap itne sare papi hai itne sare pap itne sare papi किपालतक त तेरी जय हो सब खभार उताती है तेरी जय हो उताती है Manjila kuda mila jaati hai. Kirpal ya hi sandesha de ta, Hawa chaloto, Manjila kuda Nā koi vēri nāhi begāna, jo bhi hai, sab apna hai. Nā koi vēri nāhi begāna, jo bhi hai, sab apna hai. Ekk nūra se sab jaga upajo, Gūrubani batalati hai. Ikan udang sebab jaga upah jo, ugur bani sahlah tihe, semuran nak karet loto, kirpali ahisan Havaya hii sikalati hai. Simran chaloto, Manjila koda mila jati hai. Guru Kripala tumare ungali, Thamraki jisne bhi. Guru Kripala tumare ungali, Tamra ki he jisane di usakea gaha kala kappata ora he ajaib kir palato mangala mafi ajaib kir palato mangala mafi jejindari sukachati he Simran kar te chale chaloto Manjila khuda mila jaati hai Kirpal ya hi deta hi sikalati hai Simran chale chaloto Manji lakudati
0: Kripal gave only this message, and even the wind also teaches us this: If you keep walking while doing the Simran, the destination comes to you by itself. And there is one announcement, and that is the date of the next. Class, Comparative Religions Class, uh, will be November 22nd. Hmm. I want to read uh, a couple of things today. Both of them are basically about love and the role that love plays in the teachings of the masters. Um, This first is a relatively short talk given by Master Kripal uh, after initiating people. A farewell talk, actually, when he was at Harmony Grove in Escondido, California, on December fifteenth, 1963. I was there at Harmony Grove when Master was giving these talks, although whether I was at this one or not, I can't be sure, because Judith and I used to take turns. Uh, one of us would stay with the kids and the other one would go to satsang, and exactly which talks we were at, uh, sometimes I have trouble remembering. But I will say this, that Harmony Grove is a, um, was a spiritualistic center, a medium's place, and it was a very strange thing for Master to be there. When we first got there, uh, it was extremely heavy, the atmosphere. Master stayed in a building which had the title on it, Medium's Cottage. And uh, we all thought that was extremely odd. And uh, it was very difficult atmosphere. There were many people there who belonged to the place who were very not happy with Master's presence. And in the first satsang, he did something he rarely did, and that is he gave a kind of a blistering discourse on the futility of spiritualism in the sense of uh, mediums um, getting messages from spirits who have gone by and so forth. Um, he He pointed out uh, that this was really kind of irrelevant to anything important and uh, that you never knew who you were going to be contacting and you did not know who to trust, etc. And uh, a number of people walked out on that first talk that were, again, that belonged to the place. And after that, the atmosphere cleared up entirely. And I was, one, I was talking to Gerald Boyce about this uh, a number of months later, and Gerald of course, was a New Hampshire satsangi who was not present at the day, at that this, at Harmony Grove, but he had been. He had met Master that fall when he was at Saint Bonnie in New Hampshire, and Gerald said that in his opinion, Master had, while he was giving a talk outwardly, about uh, the futility of spiritualism and so forth. Inwardly, he was telling um, the spirits that were clustering around the place to move on out, keep keep going in their evolutioning, and uh, you know, leave the physical plane alone. And that's why the atmosphere cleared up. Anyway, at the end of his stay, he gave this talk, and it's a remarkable talk, um, very similar in content to a number of other talks he gave, and and some of us may be very familiar with most of the things in it, but they're worth hearing. Um, Very basic, very essential kind of talk from the point of view of daily life. Anyway, so Master says, Dear friends, just now at the time I am leaving physically, I have to say a few words to you so that if you live according to them, you will be helping your own self and helping all others. Most of you have already been put on the way. Those who have been put on the way should develop it from day to day by regular practice. All of you have had some experience of the light of God and also of the music of the spheres. I've already given instructions as to how we can develop that, but the greatest part of it depends on our way of living. Truth is above all, but true living is still above truth. I think each one of us knows so much. Knowing much won't help you unless you put it into practice, unless you live up to it. The food that is digested will give you strength, but the food that is not digested will cause diseases in you. Everyone knows, is very common sense talk, That there is a creator, there is a maker of all this universe. He is everlasting, he is unchangeable permanence, and the world he has made is changing, being made of matter, which is a composition of many atoms. We are also conscious entities. We are spirit in man, and God is eternal. We have this human body which is considered to be the highest in all creation, and the highest aim before us is to know God. And to know God, we must know ourselves first. That we can do by self-analysis, by liberating ourselves from mind and the outgoing faculties. By knowing ourselves, then we can know that power which is controlling all of the universe and is keeping us in the body. For that purpose, we have joined various schools of thought. Blessed are we. We are social beings and we must have some social body to live in. But the highest purpose of joining any school of thought is to find the way back to God, to find the missing link within us. With God's grace, we have found that missing link that is keeping us in the body. The outer aspect of it, or the manifestation of it, is light and sound principle. This has been the basic teaching of all masters who came in the past. I gave you instances, quotations, from the various scriptures last night. As you are now put on the way, the very way which is the way back to God, what things remain for us to do now to develop in a way that we may progress and reach the ultimate goal of perfection. By having initiation, one does not become a perfect ideal all at once. One is put on the way to becoming perfect. So simply by having initiation, a man does not become a true satsangi, as it is called. The word satsangi means, sat means permanent, everlasting, the unchangeable permanence, which is God, and sanghi means one who becomes a constant co-worker with it. That takes time. So we have to live in accordance with the principles that are taught us in thought, word, and deed. Actions speak louder than words, and thoughts are even more potent than that. A satsangi must, in his conduct, Reveal that he is a follower of a true master. Your life should prove it. And what do masters prescribe for that? Love God and love all creation. These are the main teachings of all masters. The teachings of all masters hang on this very statement. One is to love God and the other is to love all of creation. We are all conscious entities, drops of the ocean of all consciousness, with the same controlling power keeping us in the body. So to say, we are true children of God, or brothers and sisters in God. This is the angle of vision that all masters had. When they came, they looked at man from that level. They considered all humanity to be their family members. And the first lesson that we get by coming to a master is that he says we are all brothers and sisters in God. But how are we to realize that? The way he suggests is by rising above body consciousness, by opening the inner eye to see the light of God. And when that is developed, you will see that that very light is within you and is within the whole universe as well. When that eye is opened, you will really begin to see that we are all one, not two. This is our ignorance which has to be removed by actual living. Therefore all masters tell us that the first thing is love. A man is, truly speaking, worth being called a man if he is love personified. And here Master is, of course, uh, referring obliquely to the Urdu word insan, which I've often called attention to before, which in another talk he explains very precisely what it means. Insan means, which is a a gender-free term, uh, really translates as human being, means one in whom love is bubbling over. And that's the definition of a human being. So that is why Master says this. God is love. Our souls being of the same essence as that of God are also love. And the way back to God is also through love. If we love God, and God resides in every heart, how can we hate others? Love one another, Christ said, so that people may know you are coming to me. This is the first lesson that we learn at the feet of some master. Generally, when you go to some teacher or another, they simply say, our information is the only true one. Well, the truth is there, and truth is one. All masters who came in the past, those who realized the truth, said the same thing. And to know the truth, we must have a true way of living. And the true way of living is what? An ounce of practice is worth more than tons of theories. Unless you live up to them, what is the use of knowing the principles? I remember the case of Arjuna, one of the five Pandavas of ancient India. The king brought in a teacher to to educate them. For two or three months they were given instruction, and after that time the teacher held an examination. Some of the other four brothers remembered the whole book, and others knew half of it. But when Arjuna's turn came up, he told the teacher, Master, teacher, I've learned only one sentence. And what is that? To always tell the truth. That I've learned fully. And I've also learned, not fully, but practically half of, don't be angry. And the teacher was all wroth. He said, what will I tell the king? Well, in three months you have given this child only one sentence to learn and he has only learned only one half of another. The teacher began to slap Arjuna on the face once, twice, thrice, four times. Afterward he said, Why don't you tell the truth? Arjuna said, Master, I am telling you the truth. In the beginning when you first slapped me on the face I was not angry. When you slapped me two, three, four, five, six times I had some anger. So I wish you people to learn that way. Love God and love all humanity. Only learn this, and everything will come of itself. Love and all things shall be added unto you. Love is the greatest gift from God, I would say, and that is already ingrained within us, but it has congealed within our own selves or our own families, or our own classes or schools of thought, or our own countries. What is the result? If that love has congealed within our own selves, we don't even care for our families. They may die. If love expands and remains congealed within the family alone, then there is conflict between family and family. And if it expands to cover the classes, what is the result? Religious wars. Thousands of men have been killed on the plea of religious differences. If your love expands to cover all of your country, you become patriots. You love the men of your own country more than anyone else. The result is war. There have already been two great wars and a third is impending. Millions of people have been killed. So our love should expand to cover all of creation. Let us pray like Guru Nanak. Peace be unto all the world over, O Lord. Our love should expand. And what did all masters say that love is? Love is God and God is love. If you live up to it, what will be the result? Those who do not understand love cannot understand God, for God is love. Love and all things shall be added unto you. And the tenth guru of the Sikhs told us, Hear ye all, irrespective of whether you belong to one religion or the other, I tell you the truth. God is approached only through love. Remain in any religion you like. You have to develop love and devotion for God. In all these various rites and rituals and saying of prayers, go to develop love and devotion within us. If that is so, then you are to derive the full benefit of the saying of prayers or the performing of certain rites and rituals. Otherwise, it is only automatic muttering, which has no effect within your heart. And love is a subject of the heart. And God is also a subject of the heart, not of the head, mind that. Our head should go along with our heart, then it's all right. The head alone won't be able to give you anything. For that purpose, the masters tell us, love. Where there is love, I tell you now again, love and all things shall be added unto you. If you have love for someone, are you going to harm him? Or will you even harm anyone who is connected with him, who is dear to him? You will say, no, I love you. If you have children, will I kill them? No. I will offer them things to win your pleasure. So love is the basic thing. On the wings of love we can fly to heaven. So remain in any religion you like. This is the first thing. Are you going to defraud him for whom you have love? Are you going to tell lies to him? Are you going to deceive him? I don't think so. If you have love for anyone, you will always look to his convenience from that level. For want of love, there is all this unrest in the world. God made man with equal privileges from him. All are born the same way. The outer and inner construction is the same. And we are divine in nature. We are spirit in man. And the same Spirit of God is keeping us controlled in the body. We are all one. Love beautifies everything. Love knows no burdens. Love knows no compensation. Love knows service and sacrifice. So this is the way you have been put on. As God is love, the more you come in contact with God into expression, which is manifested in the form of light and the music of the spheres, the more you are charged with love. The love which is ingrained in you is flared up, and you have love for God and for all around you. Whoever you love, you naturally want to serve with the best, without any outward acting or posing. If need be, you will sacrifice your everything for him. For whom? For him whom you love. I will give you a parable from the Puranas of the Hindus. They say that the god Vishnu, the god of nourishment, invited all the good and bad people to a big banquet. He served them. The people came, the good men sat in their row, and the others also sat in their own rows. Good and bad here, Uh, Master didn't particularly like to use the terms, but in other tellings of the story, he has made it clear that in the parable refers to angels and demons, and Vishnu invited both of them to the banquet. All the food was served. It was a very handsome, rich banquet. But before they began to eat, the god Vishnu stood up and said, Dear friends, all this that is laid before you is for you alone. Eat it to your heart's content. But I lay down one condition. And what is that? Don't bend your arms to bring the food to your mouths. Everyone was wonderstruck. What is he saying? If you won't let us bend our arms, how are we to get the food to our mouths? Most of the people did not follow what he said. They racked their brains, but they could not solve the problem. And they left in disappointment. They simply considered that the god Vishnu was ridiculing them, and they went away. The others who were the good people sat down and thought, this is the god of nourishment. A god would not tell us anything that is not good for our own selves. There must be a meaning in it. They considered it and found the solution very easily. What was it? Everyone sat down, here's the food. Instead of bending their arms toward their mouths, they simply stretch them out to the mouths of others. Do you see? All were fed. This is a parable to show that love knows service. If you feed others, then you will be fed. We feed our own children while other children die of hunger. If you begin to feed others, then nobody will remain hungry. We amass money we hoard money for our own selves. The result is that others are poor. Some people have many kinds of enjoyment and others cannot live on even one loaf of bread. So love knows service. If you care to keep others' homes clean, would not your house be also be clean? It once happened in Lahore that the sweepers went on strike for three or four days and the filth gathered in the homes. And what did the people do? They simply took their filth and put it on the walks to others' houses. Instead of making others' homes filthy, they could have considered keeping other houses clean and put the filth somewhere else. The whole city had a bad odor for three days. So if you are after having others' houses clean, then your house will be clean. It is a very simple thing. You will find that little labor is required for that. If we are only after our own advancement, to feed our own selves or clothe our own selves, naturally others will suffer. If need be, we should sacrifice our every interest for the sake of others. If need be, we must lay down our lives for the sake of others. If you learn this one lesson, there can be no conflict. There can be no wars. Why do all these wars commence? Between family and family... One family wants to feed his own children. No, not to others. They must conflict, and somebody's head will be broken. Between religions, a man follows a religion. He loves men of his own class and hates others. We are all children of God. The very God resides in every heart. Then why all this conflict? If you love others, help others. If you have known a higher truth, then lay that down before them. They will understand. Why are countries at war? They want to keep their own countries going, and they don't care how other countries are faring. The result is war. I met some political heads. I told them, so many children of God have been placed under your care. Each country should live and let others live. If a president or a king of a country cannot look after the children of God placed under his care properly, others should help. What is the use of killing millions of people? This is a very simple formula. How wonderfully it works. When St. John said, love and all things shall be added unto you, he meant something definite. So for want of love, all this conflict arises whether in a social way, or a religious way, or a political way. We should be embodiments of love. Love should overflow from every pore of our body. A saint is one who is overflowing with love. For whom? For all the world over. These parting words are the only thing I can tell you. You have been put on the way develop it from day to day by regular practice and have true living. And do you know what true living consists of? Of love. Love knows service. Love knows sacrifice. Love knows helping others. When you have love for someone, there is no egotism. Egotism arises when you love your own self, your own individual self. That is, I am greater, I know better. If you love others, you will love them out of humility. A true lover is a truly humble man. Saint Augustine was asked, what is the way back to God? And he said, first, humility, second, humility, and third, humility. Unless you have humility, you will not dare to go to someone else. Each man believes in his own conceit, that he is the most learned man, that he holds a very high position in life, that he is a very rich man, and he would not care to go to anyone. Even if you go to someone, even then humility is required. Sit down at his feet and see understand what he is saying, What little you know more or less you already have with you. Just listen to him, to what he says, perhaps he has something to say that you don't know. A vacant glass put under a tumbler of water will be filled, if the glass is placed above the tumbler of water then it cannot be filled, so even then humility is required. And if you have, by the grace of God, some blessing from God, it is His grace. It is His grace, not you. You have not earned it. When any branch of a fruit-laden tree is full of fruit, it bows down to the earth. Even if you have the true blessing of God, and that is to know Him, you will bow down to everybody because you will see the same light in everybody you who are the true lover of humanity are the true lover of God this one lesson we have to learn if you have this one you will observe strict nonviolence in thought, word and deed you will become truthful you will never deceive anybody never kill anybody never hate anybody you will become the abode of all virtues How does love of God come? I referred to it in the beginning of my talk. God is love and God into expression power is manifested in two ways. God is light and God is music of the spheres. The more you have a contact with that by rising above body consciousness, the love already ingrained within you will be flared up by your coming in contact with the ocean of all love. The definition of a saint is truly one who has overflowing love for all, not only for mankind, but also for animals, for birds, and even for trees. I think the best of all is L-O-V-E. Only four letters, but I think it is the outer aspect of knowing God. My love The God in me is for you all, to the best I can. That which the God in my Master gave me is being extended to you with all love. With all the love he had for me, then with all that love he gave me, with the same love, I pass it on to you. Live up to it, that's all. And I want you to be regular. I want you to introspect your lives to weed out all infirmities day by day by regular self-introspection and come in contact with the light and sound principle which are the outward manifestations of God-in-action power. There is hope for everybody. Every saint has his past and every sinner a future. Even robbers can become saints. Man can change, and you also can change. God wills it. Those who have the human body have the birthright to become perfect and to know God. So whatever my master, the God in him, passed on to me, under his orders that is being passed on to you. You will please make the best use of it by living up to what I've told you. I wish you all to become ambassadors of love, prototypes of perfection. There is hope. Don't be disappointed. During my last tour here in 1955, two children came up to me. My point is that even when little children come to me, I give them a little inner contact. All right, sit down, you will have light. And they do get light with the grace of God. I asked them, what do you want? And they said, we want to become masters. Good ambition." Well, I told him, you have been put on the way. Live up to it. When you are developed, you may be selected as a master. It is not done by voting as you select some president or member or minister. It is God alone who chooses you. He is searching after men, I tell you. Iqbal, a poet of the Punjab in India, said, O oh, Moses, why did you go up to the top of the hills to find God? You are a man... God is always in search of men who have love for God. Do you see? So remain where you are. But you have been put on the way. Make the best use of it. And God will be after you. Kabir said, By the love of God, I have been so purified, I have become such limpid water, that now I walk ahead and God is after me, calling, O Kabir, wait, wait. You are God in man. You are next to God. You are divine in nature. Blessed are you. Just prove what can be done. That's all I can say. These are my parting words. Later on, with the grace of God, we might meet again physically. But these wishes and thoughts will be with you. That God power with whom you have been contacted will always be extending all feasible help and protection. Thank you so much. And that talk and the one that I'm going to read now from Sanchi section of it both are found can be found in the August-September 2000 edition of Sant Bani. And this I'm just going to read the beginning of a talk by Sanchi called The Frog and the Lotus um, which he makes a point about the Love of the Masters, which um, reflects on and emphasizes an aspect of it that Master implies in the talk we just heard, but does not get into specifics. And that is something that uh, the book that I've been working on and talking about, The, the Rescue, The Virus of Baigur das, is all about, in fact. And that is the love that the Masters have which means the love that God has for even the worst beings. That there is no entity that is beyond the pale that they want to reach by love. Remember that story uh, Master told about the angels and demons. And think about that in connection with what Sanchi is going to say here. He says, about 500 years ago in India, in fact, in all the world, there were not many good means of transportation. Especially in India, there were no good means of transportation. People used to travel either by camel, by horse, or by foot. Guru Nanak Devji Maharaj walked a great deal and he went to many places. He gave the message of Nam to people and he awakened the souls. When Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj went out to give the message to Almighty, of Almighty God, two of his dear ones always used to accompany him. One was by Mardana and the other was by Bala. And Mardana, of course, was a Muslim and Bala was a Hindu, which was very symbolic to, to uh, an expression of Guru Nanak's message that there was no Hindu and no Muslim. Bhai Mardana used to get hungry very quickly, and when he got hungry, he could not tolerate that hunger. Because of that, he would always complain to Guru Nanak Dev Ji, saying, you do not eat often, you don't feel hungry, but I always feel hungry. And whenever he felt hungry, he would not tolerate that. Since the masters have their own ways of making people understand, That is why many times they make their dear ones say something which is beneficial for the other people in the Sangha. Demons are beings who eat not only the birds and animals, but also men. Whenever they come across any human being, they do not hesitate in killing him and eating his flesh. Kodi was one of those demons who would eat the flesh of the human beings. Since Mardana always had this complaint of hunger, once when he became very hungry, he told Guru Nanak that he was hungry and he wanted something to eat. Guru Nanak told him to be patient, but he got upset and he said, you don't have anything for me and I don't want to continue with you. Guru Nanak tried to explain to him, but he didn't understand. He got upset with Guru Nanak and he didn't listen to him and he finally left him. Mardana came to the place where Cody the demon, was living, and when Cody saw that a human being had come, he at once caught him. Over there he had a big vessel in which oil was boiling. Cody used to fry the human beings in that boiling oil, and he would eat their flesh. When Mardana saw that he was about to be put in that boiling oil, he became very afraid, and at that time he remembered Guru Nanak. He prayed to Guru Nanak, Master, I am the one who always makes the mistakes and you are the one who always forgives the sins. Now I am in trouble. Please help me. At that time Guru Nanak was sitting with Bhai Bala, his other companion, and at once he started laughing. So Bala asked him, Master, why are you laughing? Guru Nanak said, Our dear one, Mardana, is in trouble and he's asking for help. So at once Guru Nanak went to the place where Mardana was being held by Cody the demon and he rebuked Cody. He said, Cody, is it right for you to kill human beings for your food? When you are killing them and eating their flesh, remember that the time will come when they will kill you and eat your flesh because whatever karmas you do in this world will be paid only by you. And whatever way you do those karmas, you will have to repay them in the same way. Saints have their own way of showering grace on the people, and they have their own impression. When Cody heard what Guru Nanak was saying, he at once realized that he had made a mis- he was making a mistake. So he fell at the feet of Guru Nanak, and said, "Master, whatever I have done in the past, forgive me for all that, and now give me initiation and bring me to the path." Guru Nanak had to liberate Cody the demon. And that is why he made Mardana say that he was very angry and that he was leaving him. Because Guru Nanak wanted to go to Kodi the demon and liberate him. That is why all those things happened. And Sanchi continues with a, a relatively uh, comparable story about a jeweler and his jewel <coughs> centering around uh, greed and the absence of it. But I would like, it is, it is of the utmost importance that we grasp this, and I don't, many satsangis do grasp it, but that the attitude of God and the Master, who is the expression of God on the physical plane, to the forces of evil in the world is that they want to liberate them. Cody is a demon, he's not even a human. He, he's a cannibal. He, gets, he kills human beings and eats them. Guru Nanak's attitude toward him is not to say bad entity, bad person. You know, you're no good and you're going to get punished for eternity. His attitude toward him is to love him and to bring him up out of that because he too counts. And that is why a great many things that happen between the Master and his disciples can be understood if we keep in mind that this is the Master's attitude toward every single entity in the universe. That uh, they are potential, they are actual children of God with the potential of realizing that and they can be liberated and brought up so that they can become one with God. Even demons, what to speak of bad people, so this is why King Janak can liberate all the souls from hell. For example, um, why, why story after story. There are so many stories that, that point this message out. Um, when Guru Gobind Singh was being tempted by a female evil entity, uh, you know he he resisted the temptation, but then he initiated her and brought her to the path. Similarly, the story is told of Guru Nanak uh, in another trip when he met um, Badi Ram, something. Vadhir Khan. All mixed up. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. But he was a Sufi, a Muslim so-called holy man who had a lot of power but no love. And he had um, he had a, a, a lake on his property which uh, he would not let anyone drink from unless they were agreed to become his disciples. So Guru Nanak sent Mardana again up to uh, whatever his name was to ask him for some water because he was very thirsty. And uh, the guy refused to give it to him. And Mardana went down and said, well, he won't give it to me. What can I do? And Guru Nanak said... "Um, well, you'll have to, there's nothing we can do. There's no other water for miles around. You'll have to ask him again. So, Mardana, again, the same conversation happened. The guy said, uh, if you become my disciple, you can drink the water. Mardana said, I don't want to be your disciple. I already have a master. I love him. And please, we're very thirsty. Please give us some water. And he refused. So, finally, uh, Guru Nanak used his power and drained the lake so that all the water came down to where they were, and they drank from it. And when the guy saw how this was happening, he was so angry that he used his power to throw a big boulder down on Guru Nanak and try to kill him. And it is said that Guru Nanak stopped, caught the rock on his palm, huge boulder, and that the rock is still there to this day, and that it has Guru Nanak's palm print on it, with his fingers print, And that is a great place of Sikh pilgrimage. Both Kripal and Sanchi have referred to it. But when the guy realized that Guru Nanak was beyond his power, he apologized and repented. And Guru Nanak, um, it is said, gave him initiation and made him a representative. So that was his punishment for trying to kill the master. You see, it is not that the masters simply do not see these things in the way that we do. And um, they see deeper than that. They see more encompassing than that. And it is always, always, when they deal with people, it is for their ultimate um, liberation in mind. And people, when they're given jobs to do, I've often said that, as you can see, if this guy master's representative after trying to kill the master that gives us some insight into how exalted a representative might be Uh, and the point is that he has given that job for his own sake not because he's particularly um, worthy of it or a particularly good example to anyone else it is because the master knows that that's what he needs in order for his own liberation and his own progress to occur so always, um, these things, this particular thing is there. And if you remember, some of you will remember a story I t- read. Uh, I think I've read it in class, but I've also read it in satsang somewhere about from the Hasidic Jewish tradition about the Baal Shem Tov and the um, dealing with the essence of evil. When Satan had entered into a werewolf, and was threatening him and children that were under his care. Uh, And he was able to walk up to him and grab a hold of his heart and pull it out, the heart that Satan had put all of his evil impulses into. He was ready to uh, destroy it when he noticed that drops of blood were oozing from the heart and falling like tears. And he had an instant insight that even the heart of all evil yearns to be liberated, yearns to have the love of God, and he did not destroy it. He cared for it very carefully, knowing that ultimately um, it too would be liberated. So it's a universal insight among the people who have the really the highest understanding, the deepest understanding. I remember that the church father, Origen, was declared a heretic uh, for several reasons, but one of them was because he maintained that ultimately even the devil would be saved. And his contemporaries could not understand. This seemed the weirdest thing in the world to them. But Origen had this understanding. And he knew that the love of God encompasses all of his creation. And this is the way that all masters, including Jesus, when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, he was referring to people who were killing him. Just like uh, Guru Nanak forgave the guy who threw the boulder down on him. Um, even to try to kill the master or to succeed in killing the master does not uh, mean that the persons involved can't be forgiven, that they can't be liberated. And we know that Judas Iscariot, uh, according to Saman Singh, is sitting on the lap of Christ, enjoying his bliss, even though Christians in general think that he is in the deepest of hells. This is where Dante put it, by the way. Um, So these things are beyond normal human comprehension, but they are absolutely essential to understanding the masters, how they work, what the path is all about, and um, the implications of it uh, in terms of the practice of nonviolence, of understanding uh, other people and why they do what they do, and what lies, lies underneath it—all these things work together, and um, it's really, you know, an absolutely beautiful, like magnificent palace, the Palace of Love, to quote the title of one of Sanchi's books, um, that the masters have constructed for us. And once we get in that palace, what St. Teresa called the interior castle, you know, it's like there's room after room, and we find implication after implication, all of which go to point to the enormous power of love and the recognition that the Spirit of God really is within every single entity in creation, including um, those which we think of as totally bad or evil. Anyway, um, that's the satsang the subject for today, and we, we do have a tape, which we will now hear. Santi.
3: Abi Yad Klee Celebrations unto the feet of the form of God, Gurudev Savar and who gave us this opportunity
4: to remember them and who gave up the opportunity to sit in that remembrance and do that devotion, Kabir Sahib had said that the disciple who always feels as if his master is above his head, and he who obeys the commandments of the master, Kabir says that such a disciple of the master does not have fear anyone in the three words.
3: Amen. So that can <clears throat> always I have said that
4: neither I come here according to my desire nor I leave here as per my wish I don't have any desires to come and go Whenever He sends me, I come,
3: and whenever He wants me to go back, I go. he planted the
4: sufferings of the love all over the world, and I come here only
3: to, to water those plants. I was was love in the was God all that question of love. And I have been a
4: devotee of love since my childhood. Sitting at His feet, I received only love. So I come here only to share
3: this love with all of you. <laughs> all those
4: saints who are sent in this world by God Almighty, they teach us the lesson of love. And all those who go to such saints, the master of the saints teach them only this lesson of love.
3: The first job of the master is to make everyone sit together. Sitting in
4: his company, we do
3: not remain aware that who is who. So. और सारे the Kutraha.
4: are they tell us that we are the essence of the same origin, Satna. We all have come out from the same origin
3: and we are the children of the same father. And of के
4: Unnecessarily you have the misunderstandings after creating the different sects and the religions that you are the Hindu or the Muslim or the Christian or you belong to America or to India and to other different countries. No dear ones, it is not like this. We all are to what
3: all the way the world, the world is to do it. It is place, the same way as the body is, the same way as the body is, the same way as the
4: Guru Gobind Singh Ji has said that we all take the birth in the same manner. We all have the similar kind of faces. We all have the same kind of hands and feet. We all have the same kind of voice.
3: So Guru Gobind Singh says that all human beings, we all are made up of the
4: same five elements like air, water, ether, sky and fire. So he says that all the human beings, no matter where they are gone, they all are made up with the
3: five elements. <coughs> Pramatman of the O Pramatmani Kirkadi Navi Akan, they had Pramatma Kampal, so that he can Pramatman of the Akan, हैं, San Rui, they had given a rude of some worker they had, Those who love
4: God they also love his creatures. Noscritical policy theologists used to say that people claim that they love God. But since they have not seen God but still they claim that they love God. Whereas the people whom they see every day, with whom they deal every day, they don't love them. So how can those who do not love the creatures made by God Almighty can claim to be the lovers of God? <laughs>
3: God Kipal caused such a rain of Naam to
4: shower and He did not left any part of this world untouched by His grave. He went on the top of the mountains, He went to the depths of the ocean, and wherever his souls were, he went there and searched for them, and he connected them with the law, with the
3: law. Boss, sare gurmi, mere nahl, samaswad chhamto, kailo bhornya ko nahl chal rahi hai. Aapnu pata hai, main shaadhe lakh janal pramarth samjavana hai. Mara savan se kailo gurmesi ek lakh hai. पोल जाए गंडा करें वो चैलेंट एक ही चले तो मैं दाशन हैं कि गुरु तो बगैर नाम नहीं मिलता नाम तो बगैर मुक्ति सब साड़ी की आत्मा कब्बली होंगी मुक्ति Many dear ones who have been touring
4: with me since Shama's meditation retreat would have noticed that I explained the spirituality in very simple words. Master Townsend used to say that suppose there is a piece of wood, you may call it with the name stick or some other name, but it will remain what it is. So in that way, I explained to you in very simple words that unless you go to the perfect master, you cannot get the now, unless you do the meditation of now. We cannot get the liberation. And unless we go to Satsang we cannot know our thoughts. These are the three important things. These are the only three important means through which we can achieve the liberation. Yes,
3: essentially,
0: Our final bhajan is Ji Pyare A Milo Menu on page 174 and there will be Prashad given out while this bhajan is being sung. O oh, beloved Satguru, come and meet me. My soul is longing. I don't realize you are doing, but you have united me with God. I am full of bad qualities, I have no good qualities but you yourself took pity on me. When you took pity on me, grace was showered and I met the beloved Satguru. Nanak says I will live only if I get Nam and my body and mind will blossom. O oh, beloved Satguru, come and meet me. My soul is longing. Bhajan of Guru Arjandev on page 174.
5: Gisataguru Guru Pyare Amilo Menu Jisata Guru Pyare
0: Amilo
5: Menu Tarasarayi Janae jana hai meri guru pyare amiro mein ji sat guru pyare amiro mein tarasare Jāna-e-mērī Tārās-sarehi Jāna-e-mērī Jītē-ra-kītā nahi Jītē-ra-kītā Jato me lahi Jime nū jō ga kitoi Jime nū jō ga kitoi Jisata guru pia re जी सत गुरु प्यारे हाँ मीलों में नूँ तारा सारे ही जाना Ji nirguna hare, koi meguna nahi. Ji nirguna hare, koi meguna nahi. Ji apet, tarat ji sat guru sapaya me mata hoi, rasapaya, hoi. guru Jisata Guru Sahajanah Nurya Jisata Guru Pyareh Amin Omeru Jisata Guru Pyareh Amin Omeru Jesus.
0: Satguru, come and meet me. My soul is longing. May God bless us all.